Hey Team Fairchild and everybody else out there listening, welcome to another Refuel Team Fairchild episode. You guys know the drill, we're always looking for ways to increase connectivity amongst the community. Every episode we'll be reaching out to members around the base willing to share their stories of leadership, followership, some resiliency stories, some examples of failure and success, and so much more. So let's get this chapter going. Alright Refuel Team Fairchild, this is our Northam, and I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of an update. It's been about six months since I've taken over the seat, and I just kind of wanted to tell you where I'm at and where I plan to go and what events we have coming up, and also touch on a couple items that seem to be pretty hot topic right now, and I'll explain that here in a minute. So one of the initiatives I promised I would take on was going to Swing Shift. I started doing that in June. I was able to visit a couple of different locations, security forces, maintenance, uh, aircraft maintenance specifically, and maybe that was all I visited the first time. The second time I was also able to visit MXS, LRS, and I was able to visit OSS. I got to go hang out with, I got to hang out with air traffic control, and I got to go hang out with airfield management, so that was kind of fun. I got to see some MXS people hidden away in 2050 that usually don't get a chance to get out of the office. So I was able to answer some of their questions too, which was really great. I'm gonna be on swing shift again in October. I think the middle of the month right now is when I have it planned out for. And again, the objective here is just to be there for you guys, to answer questions if you guys have them. I know sometimes it's hard to get out of the office. Sometimes we can't always get to our email. So this is a chance for you to see me out and about in your realm and ask any questions that maybe you have about retraining, BOP, career development, any of the things we offer here at the Professional Development Center. I usually try and hang out out of the office from about 1500 until 1900, come back to eat lunch real quick, and then I sit around in the office hoping that you guys, if you need to do appointments or walk-ins, I'm available. And the goal there is also not only to be available for swing shift, but mid-shifters, if you want to come in, you know, an hour early, half hour early, I should be in the office still. And this is a chance for guaranteed Sergeant Northam will be here, especially if you make contact beforehand and we can get you seen on hours that work better for you. Because I know there's nothing more frustrating than showing up early to work or staying late to work. And the one person on day shift that you need to get a hold of just is either at an appointment that day or maybe has leave and they forgot to update their board. So the goal is to be there for you, but please take advantage of it. So that way I can justify going to swings and maybe eventually mids next year. Retraining. For those of you that are interested in retraining, especially my first term airmen, now is the time if you are in your window. And if you don't know what your window is for retraining, it is for my four-year enlistees. It's when you hit 35 months time in service until your 43rd month time in service. So just after you, or right before you hit three years. And for my six-year enlistees, that's your 59th month time in service until your 67th month time in service. And why are these dates so important? This is when your CJR drops. For those of you that aren't sure what a CJR is, that's your career job reservation. And career job reservation means that the Air Force wants to keep you, they want to employ you, and that you can stay in. It's pretty much a guaranteed right thing right now, but once upon a time, you had to be a little bit more cautious and careful with your career because you wanted to make sure that you were going to get a CJR. It wasn't just automatically given to you. But that'll drop around your 35th month mark or your 59th month mark. And once you get your CJR, you can go ahead and try and retrain or BOP. Uh, for retraining, 
every August, very beginning of August, in fact, two August this year, the retraining window refreshed. So all the new seats for 2022 fiscal year have dropped. So this is the best chance of getting something that maybe is on your, man, I wish I could have done this now that I've been in the Air Force a little while and know a little bit more about these different jobs. You have to be in your window to go ahead and try and retrain unless you want to do my special warfare programs. And those ones are your SEER, your TACP, pararescue, the really, really physical demanding jobs. You can apply for those at your two-year mark for both four and six-year enlistees. For my security forces, once you have been in for at least a year, you can go ahead and apply for military working dog or CADM, your combat arms. And for medical, I think after you hit two years, you can go ahead and try and retrain within your career field. Any of the other AFSCs that kind of have an alpha detachment at the end, you can go ahead and apply for some of those. And if you're ever not sure, MyPERS is your best friend. And I'm not telling you that to get out of doing some work, but MyPERS is where I find a lot of my information too. If I can't find it on my own in my AFIs or from my other fellow CAAs, that's where I head to, is I head to MyPERS. MyPERS is a one and done shop. You can do everything you need to, from applying to retrain, to turning in all the paperwork, finding out what, what uh, jobs out of the, the five you pick, you're picked up for to try and do all the paperwork and then once you gather everything together you submit it through my purse so again i'm here if you need me but I, you do not need to wait on me i know some airmen send me an email and then i'm out for a week and they've been sitting on it hoping for me to tell them yeah go ahead and apply to retrain i am telling you now just go ahead and hit the button you do not need to wait for me if you get any errors and you think they're not correct sometimes afpc will send out errors on accident, then reach out to me and I can try and get you set up. For my airmen returning from overseas that fell out of their window around that time of their DROS, you have up to 12 months from the time you arrived here to go ahead and try and retrain. So say you got here in June and your window closed in May. You can go ahead and try and retrain and you do not need an exception to policy letter. There is some miscommunication going down at AFPC right now their automated messages. There's some things going down at AFPC and sometimes you'll get an automated message and it'll tell you that you are not eligible to retrain. If you get those and you fall into that situation that I just described, please contact me, let me know, and I can get in touch with AFPC. This is an error that seems to be ongoing this year. We're not sure why, but you are qualified to retrain. If you are deployed and you fall out of your retraining window, say you deployed from March to September and your window closed in July. You have up to two months upon the date you returned back to home station to go ahead and try and retrain. 60 days, so it's not a lot of time, but it's enough to get the ball rolling. The biggest thing is once you start the communication with AFPC through MIPERS, you need to make sure you stay in contact with them. They say the 60 days not to tell you that it's a guaranteed it'll all happen within 60 days, but if you don't stay in contact with them throughout that time, like, hey, here's one document that I've gotten so far, still waiting on my flight physical, because flight physicals can take a good couple of months. So for future people that are going to be in the retraining windows and are looking to become aircrew, let me know as soon as possible because the IFC letter we can start that ahead of time, so that way when your window officially opens or when the new retraining window opens next year or in future years, you already have the part that takes the longest amount of time completed. 
So you can go about your process, get the rest of the paperwork together if you're picked up for one of those jobs, and turn everything in in a timely fashion, and most likely guarantee yourself a seat. It's when there's only a couple of seats available and you haven't started the paperwork, it can take a very long time, and there's a good chance, unfortunately, that those seats will be gone by the time you get your paperwork in. Certain AFSCs also require that you just get picked up by the CFM, and CFMs are your career field managers. Instead of going through the board process, and the board will meet at the end of every month, usually the last week of every month, and they will decide what's, which faces go into which spaces as far as class seats are concerned. With CFMs, the ones that just need to go through them, they can pick you up right then and there and say, yes, we want this person. They get back to AFPC, and then AFPC will give you a class date, possibly sooner than the other process. The biggest impact there is if you have CFM jobs, they can pick you up before you are would go for your other jobs. So say you pick a job and it goes through the CFM, but it's the fourth on your list, and you really want one, two, three, four, which I'll go through boards, there's a good chance that even though it's fourth on your list, that that's what you'll get picked up for first because it goes through CFM review. Another thing that can happen is air crew. If you have air crew on there and you get all your paperwork in at the right time, even if it's fourth or fifth on your list, that's probably where you're gonna go. So just these are things to keep in mind. It's not to deter you from putting certain jobs on your application, but there are certain jobs that will automatically kind of grab you. Special warfare is another one. If you have any special warfare items on there and you qualify for them, there's a good chance that you will get picked up for those, even if they are lower on your priority list. So again, just things to think, think about and keep in the back of your mind when it comes to picking jobs. If you're not sure what jobs you're interested in, again, MyPERS is your best friend. The Air Force enlisted classification directory, the AFECD. You can type that in on MyPERS and it'll pull it up. It's a PDF and it has every enlisted job in the Air Force. Not only that, but it also tells you the qualifications you need for those jobs. So it'll tell you about the jobs and then what you need to do in order to be considered for those jobs. If you need to retake the ASVAB test, that's totally cool. We have someone on base that can do that for you. Just remember that if you retake the ASVAB, whatever your scores are, most recently become your new scores. So say you scored super, super high in general the first time, and then for whatever reason you scored super, super low in general the second time. That's your new score. It's not, ah, oh, I'll take the score from this test, and I'll take the other score from this test, and combined I have the best test scores ever. No, it's the most recent test scores. And that will not disqualify you from your current job if somehow you do not score high enough to uh, work in the job you currently are in. If you tried to retrain out and somehow tried to retrain back in, though, that would be the only way you would not be able to get back into that job. So that's just some of the stuff on retraining that I wanted to touch on to make sure that people are kind of tracking. Again, MyPERS is your best friend. You can do everything on there. If you have questions, please feel free to reach out. But don't wait for me just because you're not sure if you can start the process. If you're just looking and you're like, yes, I want to do this, I'm in my window, boom, go. For my NCORP, so anyone who's re-enlisted once, you fall into a different category. And it's not possible to retrain, but it becomes a little bit more tricky. If you are on the objective out on the advisory listing, again in my purse, if you're on the objective out for your rank, you are good to go. You can go ahead and try and retrain as soon as August hits. As soon as that new list comes out, you're good to go. If you're not on the objective out list and you're not on the objective in list, you have to wait till about February. So in February 2022, for example, if you are not on either list, you will be able to try and retrain. 
The goal of the whole advisory is to let Air Force and let Air Force members know that the objective outs, those are the ones that we no longer need as many people in those jobs as we currently have. So we need to try and put them else, elsewhere. The objective in are the ones that kind of fall short of the needs, and that's where we're trying to get those airmen that are in well-off career fields, manning-wise, and we're trying to get them into some that are struggling a little bit more manning-wise. So you can go ahead and apply for those. And if you're not on either list, you just have to wait until February, because that's that gives the objective out people time to go ahead and try and look to see if they're interested in any of these jobs. You have the right to try and volunteer as soon as the list comes out. If they don't have enough people volunteer, because some career, there's a reason some of these career fields have an overage, right? They like their career field and they don't want out. If they don't get enough people to volunteer in about October, that's when they can go and pick and say, all right, you seven, no one volunteered, so I'm going to need you seven to go ahead and look at the objective in list and go ahead and find some jobs that match your rank that you were interested in because you got to go. And that's just kind of how the Air Force works. If you are not on either list, that means you are on a balanced career in, in a balanced career field. And what that basically entails is Air Force doesn't really need to let you go, but if you can give a reason why the Air Force would benefit in having you go work in a different career field, well, they'll be more apt to work with you. So if you're not on either list, come February, you'll do an exception to policy letter. You'll get it routed through your commander, and then once you've explained kind of why it would benefit the Air Force for you to be metals tech instead of a crew chief or whatever, they'll go ahead and process the letter if they still see a need and they want to let you move. And I think your CFM might have to sign off on at that point. Don't quote me, though. You'll be good to go. And you'll start the retraining process. There are exceptions to a lot of different reasons on why maybe you can't re-enlist. There are not exceptions to everything, but if you do get held up, please feel free to reach out and I may be able to point you in the direction. For some people, unfortunately, you're just SOL. There's a couple AFSCs that are in the exception to policy section of MIPERS. I think it's security forces right now and medical, part of medical. That's basically saying you cannot get out unless you're a first-term airman, but you can go ahead and reclass within security forces, so military, working dog, or CADM, and then for medical within all the different realms that they're trying to get people moved around in medical, but you can't get out once you're in corp for a lot of those, unfortunately. And AFE is also kind of doing the same thing. I haven't seen their letter on the website yet, but I have gotten it through our CAA chain, so if you get held up there and your AFE, that's probably why. But again, let me know, and I can walk you through that and explain what's going on. So that's retraining for both first-term airmen and anyone who's re-enlisted. BOP, so your base of preference. There's a couple different kinds. There is the first-term BOP, which again starts at the same time your retraining, your retraining window starts. So your 35th month for my four-year enlistees and your 59th month for your six-year enlistees. But basically, it's after your CJR drops and again, career job reservation. You should get an email automatically when your CJR has officially been approved. If you're not sure or if it's been past the time that I've just listed for your respective enlistee years, go ahead and contact your orderly room or maybe even MPF and they might be able to walk you through what, where it's held up. For my first term airman, 
as long as you are still a first-term airman and you have your CJR, you can try and do a one-time BOP. It is for only stateside, but it's anywhere that your AFSC can go. You get a one-time shot just kind of within your first-term enlistment. If you extend, it extends with you. That's one thing that retraining doesn't do. Whatever your years are for retraining or for your enlistment, those windows that I specified earlier, those are all you get. Those, that single eight-month period, that's when you're in your window. For BOP, though, as long as you're still a first-term airman, which means you can extend, but as long as you haven't re-enlisted, you can go ahead and try and do a first-term BOP. You get one shot at it, you can have up to eight job, or eight locations on there. But the Air Force, again, Air Force is trying to give you something in, in return. Hopefully, they get to have you stay in a little bit longer. For anyone who has re-enlisted, you have to be on station at least 41 months time and 41 months time on station in order to try and do a BOP. And you cannot do back-to-back -back BOPs. For example, I BOP'd to Pease, New Hampshire from McDill. I would not have been able to BOP here. But since the base was closing, we had to move and they gave us a couple locations and I had to come here or I had to leave and I came here. So now when I hit 41 months time on station, if I would like to, I can also try and do a BOP. You can also try and do a BOP when you come out of a max stability tour, which is usually at least three years, three to four years, you'll be code 50 in on your surf and that's how you'll know. You should know just because of the types of jobs you volunteered for. It's not just because you showed up to Fairchild Air Force Base. No, that's not a code 50. But like the career assistance advisor, a lot of the DSD jobs, your developmental special duties, those are all code 50. So if you haven't been on station long enough, but fall into those realm, that into that realm, for example, when I was at McDill, I PCS from Mildenhall into an, a code 50 job. I did not have enough time on station to go ahead and fill everything out on virtual MPF. It was sending me a flag saying, you haven't been on station 41 months. Well, I know, but I'm supposed to do this too. So I didn't know what to do. And then we learned that you just open up a ticket in my purse, tell them the situation. Hey, I just PCS'd here, straight into a code 50 job. I don't meet the 41 month time on station, but here are the eight locations or however many locations you're interested in applying for. I put two on there. I put Fairchild and I put Peas and I got Peas. So I got really, really lucky. And I found out within 24 hours, which is almost unheard of. Um, some of my other coworkers, it took a couple of weeks. It could take up to, I think, about 60 days. And after 60 days, you want to reach out and figure out what's going on, especially as a Code 50, because you can do as many BOP applications as you want within the three-month time you're given. Hopefully you get picked up for something by then, but say you really only want to go to a couple different locations and you don't get any of those. And then you're like, well, you know what? these three other locations be okay too since I can't have the two I really want. So you can kind of break it down. As long as AFPC gets back to you quick enough, you have time sometimes to do a couple of BOP applications. And for your code 50 individuals, that is when you hit 12 months to nine months time left in that job. So if it's a three-year job at your two-year mark until two years and three months, that's when your BOP window opens. So you can go ahead and try and get a location that you want. Or maybe you really like it here, you bought a house, you don't want to leave, you just really want to do that special duty for a while, and now you want to go back to your original career field, you can also try and do an in-place BOP. And that's guaranteed, what, another two years at least at the location. So I just kind of wanted to break down retraining and base of preference for you guys, because I know those questions get asked quite often. 
And then I also wanted to leave you guys with some upcoming events. Um, for those of you that maybe haven't seen the Tasker, my professional development center, NCYC, he is finishing up his six months. He leaves in November, and I put out an application back at the end of July to get a replacement in for him. It's a six-month rotation where you hang out with me up here at the, the education center. We work upstairs. You take care of all FTAC matters, so you're scheduling everything. You're making sure that you get volunteers for the different items or the different briefings. You run the show. I, I give that completely up to you. And then I have you also help take care of some other one-off events. Uh, for example, we have the Academy, the lead recruiter coming next Monday at 1400 here at the Education Center. I don't remember the exact room off the top of my head, but if you look at the video screens, it'll have the room location. 1400, again, here at the Education Center, if you're interested in the Academy and under the age of 23. Um, please feel free to send your airman or send yourself over here and come listen to the LT talk about what you need to do and the qualifications required to join the LEAD program, which again is straight to the academy. But you do events like that. I think he's also helping out with Airmanship 300. Airmanship 300 is part of a series from Airmanship 100 to Airmanship 900 that's taught throughout our Air Force career. FTAC takes on Airmanship 300 and we talk about a, diff a bunch of different topics. But in, order, but in order to teach these topics to my FTAC members, I require that you come sit through a two-day class, one day of kind of hearing some of the briefings and some of the topics, showing you a little bit about how to teach. If you've never been up in front of a class, just give you some tricks of the trade. And then after that, you teach one of the topics the next day, and then if you can make it through the lesson, you're good, you're good to be an instructor for future classes. So not only is it helping you out, because any chance you get to do, to do some public speaking is always very beneficial, and I highly recommend it. But it also helps give back to the airmen, because I'm pretty sure most of us remember FTAC. For my older generation listening, maybe FTAC wasn't a thing yet, and I apologize. But for most of us, including myself, at hitting 17 years in October, I went through a two-week-long FTAC. FTAC is now just one week long, and we host the whole event pretty much in-house here at the Ed Center. But yeah, professional development, COAC, the packages are due to, to me, honestly, just to me, by 24 September, and it's pretty much the same documents you turn in for your EPR, so all those supporting documents, SERF, I think I just want the last two EPRs and a PT rip, and then also an endorsement letter from your commander. If you get all that stuff in, you can apply. And I will be doing interviews sometime either very end of September or very beginning of October. And your report no later than date would be 27 October. Again, this is all in the tasker, but just in case you hadn't had a chance to see it, now you know, and you can also reach out to leadership. Or if leadership has people that's and they're listening, that maybe they're like, hey, so-and-so would be great for this. Please send them my way. Put a package together. Still plenty of time. I think it only really takes about a week or two to get it done. Just depends on how fast the routing process is at your location. Uh, and this job is for a staff sergeant or a tech sergeant. Uh, no master selects, please. The goal is to try and help give you a chance within your current rank um, to do something different. Uh, we also have Airman Professional Enhancement coming up, and that's going to be 27 through 29 September. The goal here is just to kind of help. You haven't been through FTAC in a while, most likely, and 
If you haven't made staff yet or haven't had the opportunity to test your staff, it's kind of for you guys. And the goal here is just to re-engage with some base agencies. You know, we have so many, so many great people that work in these different agencies that FTAC is information overload. I, as a master sergeant sitting through it and listening to some of these briefings, I know how overwhelming it can be to listen to eight or five straight days of briefings. This is the chance to re-engage with some of these base agencies at your level, you know, make sure that you know what's going on. Uh, we'll also do some bullet writing. We also have panels at all of the professional enhancement courses. And the goal there is for you to talk um, on a real level, if you will, with the different tiers. So for my Airman PEZ class, for example, you'll have an NCO panel, a senior NCO panel, and chief panel. That's just a chance for you to kind of ask these questions that maybe you don't feel comfortable asking at work or just you're looking for a different perspective because my goal again is to try and have different AFSCs or different squadrons come and be on the panel in order for you guys to kind of get a bigger idea of what Team Fairchild does overall and some of the successes and failures if you ask, ask these individuals that they've kind of gone through and they're still where they're at today. We'll have Supervisor 2.0 18 to 20 October Supervisor 2.0 is aimed at those airmen that have recently gone through ALS. ALS has changed, I don't know how many times since I went through, but since I've taken this job back in March, I think the curriculum's already changed at least twice. And what they focus on is great, don't get me wrong, it's, it's completely awesome. But one of the feedbacks we get overall, uh, myself and the Commandant has talked a couple of times, is some of those basic fundamentals like bullet writing, maybe MFRs, the tongue and quill. So we kind of try and backfill some of those situations that maybe um, ALS isn't able to teach during their time because their curriculum is very, very strict. So me, uh, myself and the Commandant get together and we try and create a course to backfill. We also do some counseling sessions, so tough conversations. Miss Dawn Altmeyer comes in and she teaches, I think, crucial conversations or crucial accountability for a good three hours one of those days. So just trying to give you guys some of those other skills to help relate to your airmen. So that'll be going on in October. And then in November, we'll have NCOPE, and that's going to be the 15th through the 19th of November. And NCOPE is aimed towards the airmen that have been through ALS and maybe haven't had a chance to go through NCOA yet. Yes. For some of us, it took me five times to make tech. So there is a big lull where I was just a, a junior NCO for a very long time. So we created this course kind of to, again, bring back some of those agencies so you can think about them as a supervisor on a supervisory level. And then also just give you some practice and get you out of the office and let you learn some of these topics. ACOL, Accelerate, Change, or Lose, MCA, multi-capable airmen, some of the huge topic items that are going on in today's Air Force. We break some, break down some of that and let you guys in on some of those briefings. We try and get a classified wing briefing for you guys too, so you guys can go talk with Mr. Henderson over at Intel and get a, a briefing behind closed doors just to kind of hear what's going on in the world and pertinent to Team Fairchild. So some, those are some of the items that we do during these different courses. Again, they're all completely optional for the most part. NCOPE should be considered for our airmen who have been in for a little while and haven't had the chance, or it's been a while since they've been through ALS and they have not had the chance to go through NCOA. 
It technically is mandatory, but with a lot of these courses, I can say mandatory all day long, and it'll depend on, or nothing happens. <laughs> so, but we would love to have you. And again, most of these classes, I get the feedback, and I try and make them better based off of what you guys are telling me. So if you really don't like a certain lesson, depending on which class it is in, I may have leeway to change it. The Airman Pez and the Supervisor 2.0, those are two classes that are not on my in my AFI, so I can change those up however I see fit. So if you see things that you really would like changed in those classes, if you sat through them, please let me know. If you don't tell me, I can't fix it. So it's not, it's not to say it's all on you, but if there's things that I don't know or I think are super great, I'm gonna keep them in there. But if you tell me start north them, you know what? I didn't really get much out of this. In fact, you know what? The whole class is telling me they didn't get much out of this lesson. I can nix it and put something in there. Um, feel free to tell me different ideas that you guys have on things you'd like to see in these courses too. The NCOPE and senior NCOPE classes are a little bit more restricted, but again, depending on on the topic, I can still try and make it more beneficial to you guys. So again, just please let me know. But yeah, these are some of the things that are going on here in the next couple of months. Uh, these are some of the hot topics. Retraining is always a big one, but right now, August, just finishing up. Retraining season is huge. So please, please get on MyPERS. Take advantage of MyPERS because all the answers are really there. If you have a hard time understanding some of those answers, please feel free to reach out to me. Or I'm not the smartest person in the room either, but I have people that are smarter than me that can help me figure out the answers if, if we're both struggling. BOP, again, if, if you just want to go somewhere else, that's always an option. Just no back-to-back -back BOPs. One shot at first term airman BOP. But, I mean, honestly, if it's your first base and you're trying to do a BOP out of it, um, if you're a six-year enlistee, you got to wait till your 59th month time in service, so you might be able to do two B BOPs back-to-back -back if you... Uh, attempts back-to-back, -back, a first-term airman back-to-back, -back, and then back-to-back -back with a regular BOP. Because I don't think it says anything in the rule book about that. And the worst thing that happens is you try. And if they tell you no, then we know the answer is no. But I always say it's better to try and be told no than not try and find out that, oh, shoot, I could have. But yeah. Thank you for listening. If you guys have more questions, you can feel free to email me. I think I say it at the end of my, my credit music. But yeah, thanks for listening and have a great day. All right, everyone. That wraps up another Refuel Team Fairchild episode. If you guys have show ideas, people you'd like to hear from, or even would like to join me on an episode, please send an email my way. You can email me at 92fss.fsdp.fairchildcaa at us.af.mil. All right, you guys have a spectacular day.